Women just go straight into someone said something, we internalize it, and then we immediately feel guilty for all of our life choices. And we're like, oh my God, let's change everything, right? Because we think that feeling guilty means we should change everything. And sometimes it's just, okay, this is something different than this person may have assumed that I, or, you know, something that they may have assumed that I would live. And that's not really something that I need to change. It's just something they might need to get used to. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alliance Performance Podcast, the podcast that goes beyond the day-to-day to help you live your most aligned life of potential and purpose. My name is Trang, purpose and performance mentor and speaker and your host for the show. And if you are a returning listener, then welcome back. I am so glad that you've chosen to rejoin me. And if you are a new listener, then welcome to the scene. I'm so grateful that you've chosen to tune in and take time out of your day to come into this little community to receive this gift that I want to share with you. So today, I am delighted to share with you a conversation that I had with a Hoover Hirschkopf. Ahuva is a Toronto-based registered dietitian turned burnout coach after she found out that she was pregnant within a week after deciding to open up her dietetics practice. And then when the pandemic hit and she gave birth, she ended up going back to work within six days. What a story. Um, She'll share more about that in the episode. But she has experienced the depths of burnout and now wants to share with you how you can do it all and actually still enjoy your life without compromising the different parts of you. So today we talk about, is it selfish to put yourself first? And this is a topic that I've wanted to explore for a while because I know that it is a question that I have asked myself multiple times, I know that this is a question that many women will resonate with because there are so many parts of us that we want to express. There is so much that we want to do and there's only so much time that we have in a way. So the question is, can we have it all in the way that we want? And are we allowed to do that? So in today's episode, Ahuva talks about the three P's of burnout. Why are so many women socialized into burnout? What does it mean to put yourself first? How does it look? How it's not selfish to put yourself first, but is there a line that can be crossed where, yeah, it is inconsiderate and maybe disrespectful or selfish? What are the different ways that us women can fully express ourselves and be true to who we really long to be? and so much more. This is an absolute gem of a podcast episode. I cannot wait for you to listen to it. So buckle in. This is Ahuva Hirschkop on Is It Selfish to Put Yourself First? Ahuva Hirschkop, welcome to the Aligned Performance Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm excited to have this conversation. Today, we are talking about something that I have been asking myself. I've asked myself this many times in the past, and I'm sure a lot of women listening have asked themselves this as well. Is it selfish to put yourself first? So we're going to dig deep into this. We're going to look at what it what it actually looks like, how it feels to put yourself first and explore that. But first, what I'd love to ask you is more about your story, because you have experienced burnout as a mother, practicing dietitian, 
building your first business. And that has been a catalyst for you to get to where you are now, where you are so big on unapologetic living. So can you please share more about your journey of how you got here? Yeah. I mean, I found out that I was pregnant with my third child two days after there were COVID lockdowns here. My kids, you know, school was canceled on Friday. I found out that I was pregnant with my third child on Sunday. I was doing all the things, right? Was building a nutrition practice where I thought I was going to have two full years of trying to get pregnant and then being pregnant to build my practice and ended up finding out that I was was pregnant and it was COVID and navigating, you know, having two small children in the pandemic that we were all seeing while pregnant, while trying to build a business and ended up going back to work six days after I had my third child because I was like so deep into hustle that I was like, I don't want to lose momentum on everything that I've created. And like, it's all going to go away if I just stop, right? Which is one of the fears that I was hearing also again and again and again from the clients that I was working with was just, we're like so burned out. We're so up to our foreheads in everything. And also we don't feel like we can pull back at all and, you know, stop or there's anything that's that's negotiable. It sort of feels like everything is between a rock and a hard place. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had to spend a lot of time actually asking the question, how do I want my life to look in 30 years? How do I want to feel in 30 years? And how did I really get to this place of burnout? And how do so many women find themselves there? And, you know, as I always say, like the minute that I started finding things that were working for me, both in a very practical sense and also understanding why it wasn't just like I had done something wrong that ended up having me in this place of burnout, because spoiler alert, it's not all of our individual faults. You know, I started really coaching and sharing and teaching other people how to take a step back beyond burnout and start living a life they actually get to enjoy. And so that's sort of, you know, where where I am now and working with women who want to do it all, but want to do it all happily. Yeah. I see so many parallels between our journeys in that, you know, coming from being a health practitioner to now wanting to work with women at this deeper level and, and seeing this deep transformation. But I do need to just pause and like go back to what your life was like when you were going through that period of wanting to open your practice, falling pregnant, like COVID. And you you probably were like, life, can you just throw anything else at me if you've got it right now? Like, <laughs> like yeah. I'm taking it all at once. But six days after giving birth, returning back yeah. to work. I, actually, I, I have to say, I think that is the shortest amount of time I have ever come across. Um, yeah, that's – how was that for you? I, I really am intrigued to hear – like, because you were so, you, you had this belief system that it would all go away if you didn't go back straight away, right? But how yeah. was it for you? You know, how were your energy levels? Where was your mind at? Were you like actually keen to get back into it? Or were you more dragging yourself to get back into it? What was it like for you? You know what? It's so funny. It kind of speaks to how some things can be like the best thing for you and the worst thing for you at the same time. Because, you know, I, again, like had a baby during during a pandemic where there was nobody around. There wasn't sort of like mommy and me classes. I wasn't going out with a baby. Like I was ended up very isolated at home. And in some ways it was so nice to be able to use that part of my brain, be able to, you know, still be that person while I was also at home. And so it kind of speaks to the fact that I don't think that it was really a problem that I went back six days after. I think that the reasoning 
right? Like the why it was happening, the, oh my gosh, is everything going to fall apart? Is everything that I like worked already, you know, I built my practice to a certain point. What if it all goes away or people forget about me or all of those fears were really the part that was stressful in feeding that, right? Like I don't even necessarily at this point, and I know that people are like, six days, that's crazy. I had the best clients who I would show up like nursing a baby and they were like, cool. Like, let's do this while, you know, like I remember one client of mine being like, is it okay if I eat breakfast during our session? And I was like, well, my kid's eating breakfast during our session. So like, I guess you can too, right? (laughs) And so, you know, it wasn't even really that that was a problem, but it really was that underlying like, oh my God, if I take my hand, you know, my my hands off the the wheel and my foot off the gas pedal, then it's all going to go, you know, like out the window. Yeah. I'm actually really glad that you made that distinction because, yeah, you know, from the the initial reaction of six days after childbirth, it's like, whoa, that is wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. Or that can be the reaction. But as you say, it might not have been a problem for you at the time because you were in a good place. But it's more that, that belief system underlying it which is the driver of that decision. And say if you did have another kid and then you decided to go back six days again after childbirth, it might be a completely different story this time around. Like if you still were living by those belief systems and you hadn't shifted that way of thinking, then this time around it might actually become problematic. So yeah, it's good to have that distinction. So with that being said, you did experience burnout and I've heard you talk about the three P's of burnout. So are you able to share what that is? Absolutely. And I think this is something that a lot of people can relate to, but the three P's of burnout are perfectionism. You know, we all fall into, there's a right way of doing things. There's definitely, and everything is always just on the other side of, you know, one thing, whether it's like people who, you know, are in diet culture and they're like, it's just five pounds and then my life is going to be perfect, right? Like nothing is ever going to happen to me. Or you start a business and you're like, I just need to have my first five, like five figure month and my life is going to be figured out. It's going to be perfect. You know, like birds are going to come help me get dressed in the morning. It's going to be so Cinderella, right? And so there's really this perfectionism that keeps us striving in a way that is not sustainable. There's people pleasing, which is constantly, especially for women, especially for um, you know people and women who are in a caregiving role, whether that's motherhood, whether that's you know you're an aunt, uncle, friend, who it's everybody else is more important than you, right? Everybody else's feelings are more important. Everybody else's needs are more important, and we consistently see women just putting themselves to the bottom of the list, and they're like, yeah, 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 I'll get to my needs eventually when I'm ninety, right? And pressure. I mean, we all see it time and again, whether it's societal pressure, family pressure, or even just pressure that we put on ourselves, where it feels like everything is so, you know, do or die. Like you have to reach a certain point, or you have to maintain a certain standard, or you have to send a certain lunch for your kids every single day to school, or, you know, all hell is going to break loose. And so all of those pressures really just built up to amount to what I call the working mom hustle culture. And I call it the working mom hustle culture because it's what, you know, it's what I know, but it's for women who are not mothers as well. But it's this pressure where really people are trying to give a thousand percent in their professional spaces and a thousand percent in their personal spaces, showing up for everyone around them without the time, without the support to do it, and then blaming themselves when they burn out. 
And so it really creates this cycle of burning out and then almost gaslighting yourself and feeling guilty that you're burning out. I'm like, why can't I keep on doing this thing? And why can't I show up that keeps us in this vicious cycle? Interesting. So these three Ps, would you say that these are uh, what leads to burnout, like perfectionism, people-pleasing, and pressure? Yeah, absolutely. Mm, this is such an important conversation to be having because we are going to go into you know what it looks like to put ourselves first, but it sounds like for maybe for you, and I know it has been for me in the past, you, you can hear people talk about the importance of putting yourself first and you can be like, yeah, 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 that's important. I'll, I will rest. I'll, I'll rest when I'm dead. I'll, I'll sleep when I'm dead. But mm-hmm. until we actually live through this burnout and we experience how like long it can take to come back from it or how yeah. crappy it feels, it's like, okay, now I know that this is actually something I need to prioritize. And the reality is that I think that it's not even women not putting themselves first. It's like them not even putting themselves on the list. They're not even there. They don't really like pull up a seat at the table to be like, okay, what are my needs and how am I going to make sure that they're met, right? I think that, you know, putting ourselves first, I think that there's, for so many women, there's almost like a visceral reaction to that. Like, what do you mean? I can't possibly do that because they're so conditioned and so used to not even considering their own needs, right? Just putting everybody else first. Wow. Yeah. I haven't thought of it like that before, but yeah, that that's that's big. So why do you think women, so many women are socialized into burnout? Like the, oh, I, I shouldn't even, I shouldn't put myself first. Like I'm not even on the list. I need to put everyone else before me. I think that we forget that even, you know, the women's rights movement is a very recent thing, right? Think back to a hundred years ago, life was very different for women and it's actually how we were socialized, right? People pleasing, let's say, is very important if you can't get a job, you can't survive on your own, you're totally unsafe in society on your own in like 1850s, right? And you rely on a man to be happy with you or somebody to take you into their home, right? Like think about the fact that even women used to have massive dowries because you were literally convincing somebody to take you into your home with things. You were like, please find me worthy. I will come with bedsheets, right? And so, you know, that's literally how we've evolved in order to survive and in order to really thrive in certain societies. And and even so, you know, a lot of these things can be adaptive, right? Like perfectionism. If you are living in the jungle, like if, you know, or, or in the savanna where a lot of us, you know, were cavemen at one time, you better get it right if you choose the berries, right? If you choose the wrong berries, you die. So a lot of these things we pretend are parts of ourselves, that they're character traits, or they're just things that, oh, I'm a perfectionist, or I'm a people pleaser. But in reality, we forget that these are operating systems that we were actually taught right? In the same way that any of us can go to different cultures and the way that people eat is different, the way that they interact with people is different, the norms are different. We're taught some of these things as social and societal norms. And so, you know, all of these three things, especially for people who are are high achievers, we're like, that's great. You teach me these rules. Like I will follow the rules. I'm like really good at following rules, right? Almost to a fault. And so we spend so much time also focused on 
what external validation we need because women are often taught like we can't trust our own opinions on whether or not we're doing a good job. We need someone to give us a gold star. And so when these are the ways that we sort of get gold stars, we fall into these same patterns again and again and again. It kind of becomes like a negative operating system. Mm. Yeah. So just years and years and years of this generational conditioning. And it's almost like, I I don't know if there's science behind this, but I imagine it'd be so ingrained into the way that we do things like almost genetically. And that takes time to wash out. Um, That takes time to work through, but also, you know, the beautiful thing is that we do have so much consciousness in today's world yes. and we do get to rise above what might be imposed onto us or what what might be habitual and we get to choose a different path. Absolutely. So with that being said, what does it mean to put yourself first? Like how does it look? It means really something as simple as just you know, in addition to asking what does everybody else need in their day to day, starting to get used to asking the question, what do I need? Right? Because in the same way that in order, if you need to get from point A to point B in a car, you fill that car up with gas, right? You don't get into an, a car that, that has an empty tank and be like mad at it that it won't drive you where you need to go. You understand there are certain things that have to happen. And so, you know, it really does look like as we're going through the list of whether, again, like you have kids and you're like, okay, this one has a birthday party and that one has to go to soccer and this one, da, 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 and like we need more milk in the house and yada, yada, yada. Asking the question, what do I need from me in order to make that happen? Mm-hmm. Right? What do I need to give to myself in order to make that happen? Because you would go and fill up the car with gas before you tried to go on a road trip. We also need to do that with ourselves. And, you know, I always encourage my clients actually to start thinking about this in terms of as long as things. Okay. So when we think about putting ourselves first, when we think about really prioritizing ourselves, that can be an evolution, especially for women who are not in the practice of doing that, right? Again, like haven't really considered their needs. And what I always ask people to do, and I literally just did this uh, with a client last week, I think she was mentioning that one of her kids was sick. And she was like, you know what? It actually went really well. Like normally I'm really stressed when my child is sick and this week went really well. And like, I kind of don't know why, right? And I said, I'm like, there's something in there that are your as long as things. And, you know, like I know that you do video and audio. So like my nails are done. One of my as long as things is having my nails done. I go once every five weeks for like a gel overlay or some word that I don't understand but I know that I like that it looks nice on my fingers. And as long as my nails are done, the sky could be falling and I can handle things, right? (laughs) If they're not done, I promise you, I operate at half the speed. It makes no no logical (laughs) sense, right? None at all. There's no reason that should impact, but it's just one of my things. Like you can see, I talk Mm. with my hands. I'm a very like, I can see them all the time. And as long as I can look at my hands and be like, my nails are done. I'm a cared for human, right? It changes how I operate. And we all have those things. And I think that, you know, when we talk about putting yourself first, a lot of people right away go to this idea of like, okay, so am I just dropping all of my responsibilities? I'm not doing anything and I'm just going to like, you know, be a delinquent. And that's not at all what it is, but it really is about starting to understand what those things are for you. And that can be 
when something goes well, right? Whether you're a parent and your child is sick and that happens to go well, or you know, you're giving a presentation at work and you're like, I don't know why I was so calm today, but I did, you know, I was starting to look for those things. Like, what did I make sure that I did? Right. And that's how you find your as long as things. Like, as long as I've done this, I'm good. Mm, yes, I'm so for this. And and that's going to be different for everyone, right? The as long as. So for you, it's the nails. For someone else, it might be their me time in the morning, you know, exercise or some meditation. For someone else, for someone else it might be like, as long as I have my meal prep done and I get to eat nourishing food, then I'll feel good and I can show up as my best. Yeah. And I, I think it's really beautiful that we are – defining putting ourselves first in this light because as you say it's not about like dropping all responsibilities and like putting ourselves like so like not neglecting everything else around us and and that can be the narrative that there can be a narrative and I know that this has come about often from good intention but the narrative of like it is selfish to put yourself first. Like if you choose to pursue a career that compromises your relationship, then that's selfish. If you need a divorce or separate from your partner and that's what you choose to do and you've got young kids, then that's selfish. Or yeah, if you choose to do something that's seemingly dangerous, like skydiving or motorbike riding, which is what I do. And this has been said to me by a family member, oh, then you're putting your life at danger and that is selfish to, selfish to those around you. So there is that narrative, but that's not what it's about. Yeah. It's about really starting to understand and prioritize your needs too, right? Yeah. And again, like, as you said, that looks different for every single person. And I think that that's, you know, one of the biggest stressors that, that women feel is like, there's just one right way of doing things, right? Like there's this mm. one little box that is like, if you want to become a mother, here's how you do it. And if you want to be you know, in a committed relationship, here's how you do it. And you know, that's just not the case. And we need to start supporting women in being able to define what's right for them. Yeah. And, and that's the key word of what you said before. It's about putting our needs on the list too. You know, yeah. it's about it's about having that multi-dimensional approach it doesn't have to be one or the other but but two and in some ways it can be said that maybe it would be selfish to not put ourselves first because if you don't get your nails done then and and you don't look after yourself in the ways that you need to then can you maybe not be showing up as the best and most present mother or wife uh, or you know daughter or friend that you could be um, yeah. Could you please speak to that and how that might look? So I say that because we we work in you know in the society that we're in, we think very much in zero sum game thinking, right? Like there are twenty four hours in the day. If you waste one of them exercising or sleeping or like watching a show because you want to, or working on a business because you want to, or you know work doing work for the job that you're in because you want to, we catalog that as you've taken away from something. Right. And it feeds so much of the guilt that, that women have because no matter what they're doing, they feel like they're taking away from something, right? Like there's only a finite amount of time. And if you're with your family, you're not focusing on your business, or you're not focusing on your job. And if you're focusing on your job, then you're not focusing on your kids. And if you're exercising, you're not focusing on anything. And if you're, you know, there's constantly like this 
like mental mathematics that is like, uh, how much have I taken away and how guilty do I have to feel? Right. And the exact opposite is true, right? Is that the more that we can take care of ourselves, and this is true whether we're talking about actual self-care, like you're going to get your nails done, or you're going to sleep, or you're working out or whatever it is, or you're working on a business or in a job that you love, or you're spending time with your family, friends, partner that you love, is the more that we can do these things that you know that actually light us up, the more that it feeds us to be able to do the other things. Right. When I've gotten time to spend with my kids and I've had a great time hanging out with them. And, you know, like I have three kids who are six and under. So they're like hilarious and ridiculous. And that feeds me in being a better coach, being more understanding, like, you know, having greater empathy for where people are coming from because, you know, you have no idea who's like toddler had a meltdown this morning. And like that makes me better at the work that I do. And the work that I do makes me a better parent to my kids and exercising adds to how much I'm able to give to both of those places, right? Yeah. We really need to shift out of this zero-sum game thinking where every hour that we spend doing something means we've taken away and start focusing exactly as you said on how the things that we're doing actually allow us to show up better and more powerfully in every area of our lives. Mm, that is so well said. And and what I'm hearing that there, Ahuva, is yeah, it's it's not about just so simple black and white in the short term if you're doing this there's an opportunity cost of that but it's zooming out and taking a more uh kind of like comprehensive well uh a, a cumulative uh perspective on the benefits of everything that we do yeah and i think that it's also realizing that you know i always think like in nutrition analogies sometimes right and we talk about balanced eating you know, we say you could have like half a plate of vegetables and a quarter plate of protein and a quarter plate of carbohydrates. And you can either do that at every single meal in the day, or you can think about like at lunchtime, if I didn't have so many vegetables, maybe I can think about adding it in at a different time of the day, right? Like it doesn't always have to look the same in order to balance out as balance, right? As in order for the whole picture of a day or a week or a month to look at balance. And I think we're also almost like a bit obsessed as a society and as people as like, you know, it's supposed to be an eight hour workday and you're supposed to have like two hours of family time. And then you can watch TV for an hour before you go to bed. And it's supposed to look like that every single day. Right. And the reality is, especially as an entrepreneur and for lots of people in certain professions, sometimes it looks like a 16 hour day and then two days off, right. Where like you're doing other things. And we need to also shift out of that mindset of like, it has to look exactly like this to be balanced every single time. Mm, Yeah. I think a a key word there is like what we feel or think that we should be doing. And that should comes from, you know, what we've been trained, what we've been taught from a young age. But even as you were talking, uh, I was thinking even like little comments, throwaway lines that we may be exposed to day to day. Like say, yeah, if you are a mother or if you are someone who uh, is working massive hours because you are building a business and and you see a friend and they're like, oh, you know, oh, if you're doing this, like who's looking after your kids? Or if you're doing this, like, you know, what about your partner? And then it's like those yeah. little comments that that add to this narrative. So I think this could be a great opportunity to even just mention like having awareness on our own role of perpetuating this narrative. Would you be able to totally. um, expand on that, Ahuva? 
Totally. I mean, and I think that the misconception that we have, like as the perfectionists that we are even, is that at some point those comments are going to stop. Right. I remember like, you know, I had twins. And so for a while, people didn't ask me if I was having a third child. But then the question, like, you know, are you going to have kids? You have kids. Are you going to have a second child? You have a second child. Are you going to have a third child? Right. When are you, oh, you have a boyfriend. When are you getting married or when are you getting engaged? When are you getting married? Right. Like there's, there's never an end to what people feel like they can ask about. And, you know, it really speaks to number one, like setting great boundaries on what you are and aren't willing to say or, you know, acknowledge. But also, yeah, like recognizing that sometimes we even have these throwaway comments, right? That like I might say something like that to a friend and they might say something like that to me inadvertently, right? And so sometimes it's important to recognize where these things come from because when people are actually judging us, right? And you we know that there are people probably silently, loudly judging whatever it is that we do. We often make the mistake of assuming that when people judge us, it's because they're so convicted in their beliefs that they feel strongly enough that they can judge us. And more often than not, it's people who are so insecure in the things that they're doing that someone being happy doing something different feels like a threat to them. Right? And so recognizing often where it's coming from And starting to ask, like, just get comfortable getting curious. Like, my favorite question is always why. If you notice something bothers you, if somebody says something and you're like, okay, that person at the grocery store, I don't care that they just said something, like, that's fine for me. And then, like, your aunt says something and suddenly you're like, why does that bother you more? Right? Like, where are you reading into it? What's the messaging that that you think that you're getting? Where is that reaction coming from? And just starting to get curious with that in yourself, right? Because what we normally do is women just go straight into someone said something, we internalize it, and then we immediately feel guilty for all of our life choices. And we're like, oh my God, let's change everything, right? Because we think that feeling guilty means we should change everything. And sometimes it's just, okay, this is something different than this person may have assumed that I, or, you know, something that they may have assumed that I would live. And that's not really something that I need to change. It's just something they might need to get used to. Wow. Uh, like th- that needs to be taken out right there and turned into a little like <laughs> quote, uh, quote picture to put on social media. I love that. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's something for us to absolutely keep in mind and take forwards with us. Now what I'd like to actually explore is the opposite end of the spectrum. I'd like to explore where there may be a place of crossing the line of putting ourselves first, like too much, if if that is a thing, and maybe entering into the realm of, you know, being inconsiderate or disrespectful, or, you know, maybe it is selfish. Um, can, yeah, can we explore this and, and see like what that, you know, yeah, understands how this could maybe be a thing? Mm-hmm. I think that you know it definitely can, right? And so just like, just I always say that the work that I do inside the Unapologetic Living Code, you know, which is my 12-week program for women is how to start enjoying your life without all of a sudden just having to book a one-way ticket to the Bahamas, right? Because yeah, like if you, you know, have a home and you have a family and you like have a life that you've built, there is a putting yourself first that can, 
cross into like, I'm just going to leave and, you know, leave everybody behind. It's probably not going to work so well for you. And there is also understanding, like, I think recognizing that when we've built relationships, when we have people who rely on us, there needs to be an understanding of how our actions impact other people. Right. And with that, you know, I know that we were talking in the pre recording call where I was saying, you know, a colleague of mine was talking about someone that she knows who was very successful in her law practice. And, you know, when asked how, it was like she had a nanny seven days a week and nights, and she saw her kids very like sporadically. Right. And that made her happy. And her kids were really well taken care of. And they were, you know, healthy children. And so, that is a thing that works for her. And so the you know the real thing about it crossing a line is that number one, there's everyone's line is going to be different, mm. right? Everyone's relationship is going to be different. If you're in like a partnership where you know somebody else has reasonable expectations of what you might be needing to do also. But recognizing that a lot of times like there just needs to be an open line of communication of here's what I need and how do we make that work, right? For some people, it might be like, okay, taking a weekend away from your kids, like that's really crossing a line. And for some people who are in a relationship where there's another partner who can stay at home and you can go away for a weekend, they're like, that's totally fine. Like that works for us, right? If you want to do that once every six weeks or once every other month to like reset. And so, you know, I think that we have really strong beliefs of what crossing that line looks like right? Like we can probably all, as soon as you say like woman selfishly putting herself first, there's probably like a laundry list of things that you could pull up in your mind where you're like, if you do that and if you do that and if you do that, then like that's it, like game over, right? And the reality is that it looks different for every single person and every single relationship if you're in one and every single family that you're in one and even every single business or workplace where, you know, sometimes there's more flexibility and sometimes there's not. And I also think that sometimes there's this fear for women that if they give a little, like if they start at all, they're all of a sudden going to cross that line, right? Like if I let myself think about what I want at all, I'm all of a sudden going to be like in the Bahamas in three days and my family's not going to know where to find me, right? Mm -hmm. And most often that's not the case. It's like, oh, you actually just wanted to take a bubble bath by yourself with nobody knocking on the bathroom door. Yeah. Thank you for saying that, you know, like uh, that, that's it, you know, that, that line and is there even a line? It's like, there's no hard line, is there? But, you know, just to make it easier to visualize, I guess that line is, is so different for everyone. And it, it sounds like it's very much based on our own map of the world and what we believe is right for us. Also take into consideration the relationships of those around us. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, if, if everyone's happy, then if there's no problem, then there's no problem. And I think that, you know, I teach like value guided decision making, right? And so, you know, for me, like being an active parent is one of my values. So obviously, like, you know, having multiple days where I didn't see my kids, that would be uncomfortable for me. Right. And it's always checking back into, okay, the decisions that we're making, does it in theory sound nice for me to have a month long beach vacation where nobody could find me on my phone? Yes. But that actually doesn't fall in line with my values. Right. Like yeah. it might in theory make me happy, but I also know that it wouldn't in practice because it has me shifting out of integrity of my values. 
Yes. Right? And so it's not always like, again, I think that it's when we have this idea of putting ourselves first, we think that we're all of a sudden going to become these selfish humans who don't live in line with our values. And the reality is like the best thing you can do is clarify what those values are, right? Because it makes decision-making really, really easy. Like, am I going to disappear for months on end? No, because it's important to me to be there for the people who rely on me, right? And that's a really clear decision, which has me never like thinking about doing that. And so we spend so often as women like this overwhelm and this like this, you know, fear in our brains of like, if we open the Pandora's box, all of a sudden we're going to do that. And really like, you're not a bad person who doesn't want to be with their, you know, doesn't want to work in their business or doesn't want to go to their job or doesn't want to like talk to their friends ever again. You might just be someone who needs a break. Yes. Uh, I'm really big on that as well, Ahuva, you know, becoming very clear on our values and making decisions that embody those values and that are in alignment to those values, therefore the Aligned Performance Podcast. And that also, you know, ties back to what you were saying before about being aware that when other people seemingly judge us, it's actually because they are projecting their own insecurities. So when we make decisions that are true to us and we feel good about it and we know that those around us are also happy, then we can move forwards in life with our head held high. We can walk with conviction knowing that if anyone else were to say anything, right, family, friends, society, some random keyboard warrior on the internet, if they were to say something that's purely a projection and we can at least then create that space to not, you know, fall into, oh, what they're saying is is fact and what they're saying is is a reflection of me. Exactly. Yeah. All right. There's something else I do want to talk about and I want to move into that now. And that is putting ourselves first, not just in the decisions that we make and what we do, but in terms of fully expressing ourselves as women. And this is a big one. We were speaking about this yesterday when we caught up and like with a TV show on Netflix going absolutely like viral um, since it first came out, Sex Life. (laughs) It's clear that so many women of all different ages, of all different life situations long for the experience of being able to express themselves. And I actually had this conversation with a woman recently who who expressed this. You know, she said that she felt like she was a bird in a cage. Like she felt like she was currently trapped from being able to fully express herself because she wanted to be a mother and she was yeah. a mother. She wanted to be the best mother that she could be. But she also wanted to be this badass world-class business owner, you know, but also to express her sensuality. So yeah, can we um, look into this in how it looks to put ourselves first in terms of expressing ourselves? I think, yeah. I mean, just, yeah. Right. Like I think that so many women think that there's, it is, it's like, there's this pretty little thing, you know, little box that we're supposed to put ourselves into whenever we reach a certain status. Right. And again, like, I'm just going to, you know, remind people that even as, as close as like the 1960s, women only worked until they got married. Right. And then they were wives and then they were mothers. Like there really were very clear dichotomies on like, here's your role now. 
and then here is your role now. And this whole thing stops the minute that you get married or the minute that you become a mother. And so we didn't kind of come to this idea by accident, right? It really is something that we were given from generations past. And I think that there is a lot of guilt, especially for women who are in relationships or or are mothers that that might not feel like solely enough, right? Like just taking care of kids is not enough. And it's it's funny because, you know, the as you were saying, like these throwaway comments before, I have a friend who's like the most amazing stay-at-home mom. And she was like, I get asked so often when I'm going back to work that honestly I'm kind of considering getting like getting a job just to like quiet people. But like yeah. this is enough for me, right? Like I'm so happy like this. Right. And then I have another client who's she's like, I need to start a side hustle because I keep on hearing like just having a job can't be enough for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you need a job and a side hustle. Right. And so we get so many of these messages of like, you're supposed to be this way or you're supposed to be that way or you're supposed to be that way. And a lot of times we do it to ourselves then. We're like, oh, I obviously can't think this way because I'm a mother or I obviously can't do this thing because I'm a mother. And, you know, I, I gave you this analogy when we spoke before, but I think that we think about ourselves like playlists almost, right? Like there was a song that you were at one point in your life and that song has now ended and a whole new song has begun. And so like, just forget about that one because it's already passed, right? And like, you can't go back on the playlist. It's Spotify. You can't like, you know, go back. And in reality, like we're really just one song. And what that means is the expression that you have of certain parts of you might be quieter at some points, just like the drums are really loud in one part of a song and they're really quiet in another one, but it doesn't go away. Yeah. And instead of focusing on, again, like that perfectionism of, no, I'm supposed to be this exact thing, we need to focus on, again, like what works well for us. And I call it also, you know, something called the the mutual exclusivity of excellence, which is that society tells us that we can either be really good at being caregivers, at being parents, at being, you know, being moms, at being partners, or we can be really good in our jobs. And so a lot of people feel trapped in the in-between because they're like, I want this and I want this and I want this and I want this. And like that bird in a cage analogy, for sure. You're like, I don't even know where to go because I know that I need to choose right? Like I've been told for so long, I need to choose. Am I a great mother? Am I a badass businesswoman? Am I, you know, like powerful being? And in reality, we actually have to take the step back and start recognizing like we don't actually have to choose. We just have to start defining what having it all actually looks like for us. Yeah. Having it all, we can have it all and we can decide how that looks for us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm just like here as you're talking, I'm like, yes, all for this. (laughs) But the reality is like, as I said, like, you know, having it all might be being a stay-at-home mom. If you're, if you're like, that might make you really happy. It might be being a badass professional who doesn't have a long-term relationship or doesn't have kids. It might be trying to do all of those things, right? Like there isn't really one method or one direct path to having it all um, and trying to find that one right path is really what burns women out in the first place. Yeah. And and then that is an extension of what you were talking about before as well, about, you know, being so clear on our own values that we can choose to, uh, to live by that. So 
um, yeah, we, we should be aware of our own comments to others, but it's also in a way our own responsibility to be living with so much alignment and clarity and conviction that if someone else does question us, then we have done the work to be like, hey, I hear what you're saying, but I'm choosing this. And to say that with, with conviction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's a massive part of you know being inspired by others as well, isn't there? There is a huge role of being empowered and almost having permission when we see someone else being able to express everything that we want to, you know, doing the things that we want to. So what's the role of, you know, seeing that evidence to have permission? I think that's, you know, I'm actually starting a course tomorrow, a four-week course on perfectionism. And one of the things that I say all the time is that our modeling perfection actually keeps other women stuck, right? Because when we we have this idea that we're supposed to do, like, ha- do it all and make it look easy, right? It's like that old quote, like anything a man can do, I can do in heels or something like that. There's mm-hmm. like something, you know, like we can do it and I can do it in heels and it's not even a problem, Right. And I see this so much, so often, especially in women who become mothers and in entrepreneurship, right? It's like people start businesses and right away, like the next day, they're like, oh my God, accidentally, I made a million dollars overnight. Like so crazy. It was so easy, right? And then there's only the smiling pictures of like people who have kids and they're like, this is perfect. Everything is great. When meanwhile, you know, everything is a mess. And there is so much to just being able to model the messy humanness of life, right? Yeah. Like some days are great, some days not so much, some days your kids listen, some days not so much, some days your business is like the best thing you ever did and some days you're like, oh my God, somebody saved me from this. I don't want to do this anymore. It's so hard, right? And that's all normal. And when we give off this impression that things are just easy or that there's like, you know, no issues, we rob everybody else from being able to see that too from being able to be like, oh, I have those feelings also, right? Oh, I thought that also. I had a hard day also. And also that like they're allowed to to want certain things also, right? Mm-hmm. Like at the first, you know, we like all looked to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right? Who was the one of the like American US Supreme Court justices as, oh my God, she was a woman in the Supreme Court. Like, oh, that means it's possible, right? And so often we spend so long in self-doubt that we forget that we might be that person for somebody else. Like somebody else might see us and be like, oh, that's so cool. That that's possible. Mm. So have seeing evidence of so many different aspects, like massive and, and incredible levels of achievement, but also full expression of, yeah, you can be a mom and you can also be a businesswoman and you can also be sexy, but also expressing and showing imperfections yeah you know that life isn't always perfect and and being vulnerable to to show that yeah there's there's ups and downs this is the journey yeah absolutely yeah and and that actually reminds me you know whenever I do post something that's imperfect whether I'm not wearing makeup on my stories or I've had a setback or a little bit of a failure and I post that like that's usually when I get the most comments or the most uh, messages saying, thank you for sharing that. 
um, is so inspiring. And it's like, not just to make someone feel better about themselves, but it's, it is inspiring because it shows them that, yeah, like it's not that everyone else is perfect and I'm not, it's, I'm actually okay. (laughs) Exactly. Like those are the times where really people are like, oh, thank God I'm not the only person. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. All right. So we are getting to the end of the episode now. And before we go into the rapid fire questions, I do want to ask you, Huber, what is the one final message that you want to leave with the listeners, leave with the women when it comes to putting themselves first? I think that number one, um, you know, instead of thinking about how it takes away from everything else, we need to start focusing on how that allows us to show up for everybody else. And also, even if that just means showing up for you, that's enough too. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Let's go into the rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. First one. Favorite movie? Top Gun. Ooh. uh, First or second one? The first one. The second one was good. Doesn't hold a candle to the 80s one though. (laughs) (laughs) The OG one. I love it. Exactly. Mornings or nights for you? Definitely mornings. Oh, so thank you for hopping on this podcast episode because I know it's nighttime for you at the moment. Yes. I'm like, it's nine o'clock. By 10 o'clock, I will be asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Most memorable place that you've traveled? It's not even a memorable place, but I don't know why I'm thinking about it. But one of the very fun places that I traveled was as a kid, went to the Kennedy Space Center in Florida and got to see where all the shuttles take off from. Oh, interesting. Must have been memorable in some way. Did you have an interest in, did you have a particular interest in it? Yeah. I just, I think it's, I mean, I, I love history and like love just being able to see where, like where those things happened. Um, so that was really fun. Yeah. Interesting. How many coffees a day? I used to be like four. Now I have one, sometimes two. Hmm. Let me guess. Was were the four coffees a day around the time where you were going back to work? Like, with- I don't know what you're talking about. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. All right. And last one. If you could only do one hobby for the rest of your life, what would it be? This is such a hard one. Okay. I mean, I love running. I don't know that that's a hobby, um, but I would do that. Or it's funny because I don't even do it so often, but probably drawing. There's something about like adult children, adult uh, coloring books that I find very calming. Yeah. Well, the combination of those two, like going out for a run, you're getting after it and then you come back and do some drawing and yeah. you just like calm yeah. and calm everything down and step into mindfulness. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Well, Huber, we are at the end of this podcast episode. This has been such a fantastic conversation. So much gold, so much value that you have been able to fit into 48 minutes. Um, For anyone who does want to find out more about you, if anyone's interested in what you offer and what you gift to the world, are you able to share any offerings that you've had? I know you've already mentioned a few. Um, Are you able to share a little bit more about those and where we can find you? Absolutely. So what my signature program is the Unapologetic Living Code, and it's really 12 weeks to stepping beyond burnout. So understanding what those three P's of burnout are, the people pleasing, the perfectionism, and the pressure, and how to step totally beyond burnout so that we can live a life that we enjoy. 
without having to compromise on how we show up for the people around us. Um, right now, I'm running a short burst program that is four weeks on how to step out of perfectionism because I know that that is a massive one for so many women and that is probably going to be running, um, you know, again, depending on when this comes out, probably sometime in the summer, like June or July. Um, mm-hmm. And I also hang out lots on Instagram. My handle is Ahuva Hershkop and I run a free community on Facebook uh, called Beyond Burnout with Ahuva Hershkop where you can get lots of resources if you are not ready to, you know, enroll in either of those programs yet. Perfect. I'll put all of that in the podcast description so that everyone can access it easily. Um, this episode will be coming out early June. So that would be perfect timing. Um, so everyone perfect. get around it. Everyone get around Ahuva. Once again, Ahuva, thank you so much for your time um, coming onto this show and sharing with us your story and all of this gold of how we can shift the way that we look at putting ourselves first. Thank you so much for having me. And there it is, my conversation with Ahuva Hirschkop. Wow, what an absolute goldmine that conversation was. I'm not sure about you, but I just feel so empowered. I, I feel the expansion and the allowance for women to do whatever it is that they want to express themselves in whichever way that they feel most alive, most true to them. And yeah, it's true, you know, like you can put yourself first, but also in the context and in relation to everyone around you, it is not one or the other, but it does matter to take into consideration those around us because there are individuals who we have developed relationships with, those who depend on us, those who are close with us, and we live in context with each other. And I really love what Ahuva said about being able to do whatever we want because ultimately everyone who has an opinion is purely coming from a place of their own model of the world and most people don't have it figured out. So once again, thank you so much to Ahuva for coming onto the show. If you want to get in touch with either myself or Ahuva, if you have any questions, you'll find all of our details in the podcast description please reach out, let us know any feedback you have, any questions that you have. We would be more than delighted to hear from you. And if you did enjoy this episode and if you want to give back in any way for the weekly episodes that are coming out, I would deeply appreciate it if you took a moment, hopped on to Apple Podcasts to leave a review, leave a rating that is true to you. It is so beautiful to read your feedback because sometimes like, yeah, I just feel like I'm in a room talking to myself into a microphone, but it is really lovely to see the evidence of how these conversations touch all the heartbeats out there in this world. All right. I hope that you have a beautiful day. Keep showing up as your highest self. Keep expressing your best and I'll catch you in the next one.